Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andre Cassetto! Yay! Uh, we have got a great episode for you. It's the end of our series on witchcraft. Bow, bow, bow. Burn them all. Wait. No! <laughs> you had two chances. <laughs> oh, man. we have. Uh, this one's really fun. There's a lot of fun times. It's... Um, Probably one of my favorite epilogues that I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> I just threw and through. A lot of fun, and I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. But before we get to it, we have got some news and reviews. Uh, first of all, we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash cultpodcast for just $5 a month. You get access to the Speculation Zone. You get a shout out on the show, and you get to, uh, you have to live with yourself for the things that we say. <laughs> Nothing too bad. Uh, nothing terrible. Andrea just said burn them all in Twice. the first 30 seconds of the show. Um, yeah. We've also got a bunch of other tiers that you can check out. It's really awesome and it helps support the thing that we love doing that you, I hope, like listening to. <laughs> Speaking of people who like listening to it, we've got another five-star review. <laughs> uh, this one comes to us from... Either Jaime Maga or Jaime Mega. I'm gonna go with the one that's not a Trump supporter. And this one says, "Awesome, our president Donald Trump." Oh, damn it! No. <laughs> oh, for a second, I thought you were saying, "I was like, oh no, oh no, no, we have gone horribly wrong." It's not Andrea. <laughs> no. Run them all. Anyway, uh, the podcast is great. It's funny and interesting. I enjoy how they give the background of the leader so you can hear where they came from before going batshit crazy and ruining people's lives. Can't wait till I'm able to go to one of the live shows. And that one is from Jaime Maga. Yay! Aww, thanks, Jaime. Thank you. It all, it, you know what? I just realized it could be Jamie. It could, uh, It could be Jamie, <laughs> and you were just applying Jaime to yeah, it. Yeah, I could have just. Was it a J? Yeah, it was a J. It's probably Jamie. <laughs> it's probably Jamie. It could be Jammy. J A. No. J A M I E? <laughs> you know what? I'm, this is definitely not Jaime in retrospect. <laughs> it spells out jammy. Um, all right, Jaime, thanks for supporting me. <laughs> and without any further ado, welcome to the show. Thank Jesus for the dough. Thank Jesus for the dough. Thanks, Jesus, for the dough. Dome, motherfucker. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Cassetta! Yay! And it's week three of Witchcraft! I hope you're not tired of it. Um, witches are... It is... Oh my god, it is the weirdest research to do high. I know I said that last <laughs> week, but it's like... 
I, I don't know, because there's times where, like, I'll get really high, and then I'll read about this stuff, and I'll feel like I'm in it, and I'm just like, oh, no, I hope they don't. De-. They're dead. They're definitely, even if they survive this, they're dead. They've <laughs> this been dead. Hundreds of years ago. They've yeah. been dead for generations. That is the one thing that's, like, you get really wrapped up in it, and you're like, oh, my God, everyone is dead. That's so great. Like. Whoa. Well, no, but I mean, like, it's so great, because, like, it's so far away. The bad people are dead. The good people are dead. Like everyone's dead, and their only form of still being alive is this episode of this podcast right now. Oh, good lord! Uh, so jumping right into it this week, our sources are an article on Goody Glover by Irish Central, an article on the Salem witch trials by David Walpuck, several articles posted on SalemWitchTrials.com. The 1911 Encyclopedia Britannica entries for the Mather family. The article The Diseases of Astonishment by Stacey Schiff. And the article Elizabeth Hubbard by Amy Nichols. Last week we covered Europe's shift from unconcerned with witchcraft to running full-on campaigns aimed at uncovering witch cults hiding in the shadows, plotting the end of the church. And the spread of the Inquisition just helped to share this fear all across the continent. And at the end of the previous episode, we saw the decline of witch hunting's popularity, but we saw that it super continued on the fringe of European society, even making its way across the Atlantic into the new colony set up by Puritans in the New World. And this led to the accusing, conviction, and execution of America's first witch, Alice Young in Connecticut on May 22nd, 1647. So news that witches had made their way to the colonies spread fast as shit. Because it was pretty much the only thing going on that was exciting that wasn't, we're just dying for no reason. We're surviving. Also, there's witches, though. That's like the only news to report. Pardon me? I think you meant surviving, not living. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have to release our episode with the songs. We sure do. Uh, We got a couple of songs from the Surviving, But Not Living album, and I can't wait to share them with (laughs) y'all. After the death of Alice Young in 1647, the next nine years, a total of eight people were recorded to have been executed for the crime of making an evil pact with the devil. And this was happening right during the childhood of a boy named Increase Mather, which sounds like what Eminem shouts to start up his superpowers. (laughs) (laughs) Increase Mathers! And then he becomes the real Slim Shady. (laughs) Mom Spaghetti! (laughs) That's his kryptonite. Oh, no! No, Matt, you're no mats for me, Eminem. I've got mom's spaghetti. Oh, no! no! There's vomit on my sweater already! It's almost cuter that you guys said it together. <laughs> you have used Trailer Park. It was super effective. <laughs> do, do, do. You sent them flying back eight miles. <laughs> Just as I planned. <laughs> So, Increase Mather, in case you're wondering, yes, it is a very stupid name, but it is the literal translation of the Hebrew name Joseph. 
So Alice Young was executed just two hours away from his home in Dorchester, Massachusetts, when he was eight years old. And then people continually got executed for witchcraft up until he was 17 years old. So throughout his entire, like, childhood into adulthood, the fear of witchcraft is just slowly brewing and growing. Like a cauldron, I guess. It's just slowly brewing. Increase decided to follow in his father's footsteps and join the ministry, even giving his first sermon on his 18th birthday. And later that year, he left Massachusetts to train as a minister at Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland. Ooh. He graduated and began working for the church in Ireland and eventually became a chaplain, which is essentially a cleric, um, which is neutral good. So. <laughs> I should have said chaotic neutral. <laughs> chaotic neutral is my favorite. Yeah. I thought chaotic neutral were just good witches. <laughs> I mean, essentially, a cleric is a healing witch. If I if I got my D and D on on in your D and D, yes, in your church hierarchy, no. Lightning bolt! Lightning bolt! For God! (laughs) Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! We love you, God! So he was essentially a cleric, or a chaplain, in the Channel Islands, or Chanel Islands. Don't know how to pronounce this. the Channel Islands in the English Channel. Perfect. Do you know who is from the Channel Islands? Chanel? No, Henry Cavill. Oh! It all comes back around. Full circle! It's like a round chair well it used to be part of like the actual land mass but then all of the women saw henry cavill and it just became, <laughs> flooded. It became that's like, how we got the english chair from the mass <laughs> oh man it's like some pangea shit but for your panties pangea pantygea oh my god oh man Oh, my God. So, Increase Mather became a chaplain in the Channel Islands in 1658 at the age of 19. Although, as power shifted around the next few years, Increase felt like he had no real authority, so he decided to resign and head back home to Boston in 1661 at the age of 22. Things had changed when he got back to Massachusetts. Mostly all the Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> and the panties, <laughs> just to be safe. He came back with a strong Irish accent, and they're like, I don't understand unless you're talking about Dunkin'. <laughs> you talking about the Channel Islands, that land which done got dunked in the sea? <laughs> I know that, because it's about dunk. <laughs> <laughs> they, know, they always know about things that involve Dunkin'. Dunkin'. That's how I know about witch trials. <laughs> we dunk them. <laughs> oh my God, witches were the first dunkaroos. Oh. That's how I got Armando's joke about King James. Oh, Duncan. <laughs> anyway, um, that was from the like two episodes ago. If you don't get that joke, I'm very sorry. Um, that's like a New York accent. Yeah. <laughs> Things definitely had changed when he got back to Massachusetts, starting with the fact that his mom had died while he was gone and his father had remarried. And didn't tell him? Uh, I don't know. I read that Increase Mather and his father had kind of a strained relationship. Okay. Um, Although, it wasn't all bad. 
because Increase found his first love, Maria Cotton, who was his stepsister from his dad's new marriage. I thought you were going to say the stepmom, and so I'm kind of relieved it's the stepsister. It's his stepsister, which, if I'm to believe Pornhub, is every young man's dream. (laughs) (laughs) You're my stepsister. I'm your stepbrother. We shouldn't. Oh, no. I like the way you said that, like the Reese's commercial. You got my stepbrother in (laughs) my (laughs) stepsister. (laughs) You got my stepsister in my stepbrother. I would love to see the porn that starts with, Hey, bro, heard your mom died. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Boston. But that's like, those porns are so terrible. It's always like they have to make it obvious that they're step siblings because they are clearly not related. They're just two strangers on a porn set. I don't, okay. I don't know. I don't think it's illegal to make straight up incest porn. But they're I, with your actual siblings. Okay, 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 okay. It is le- legitimately actual incest is illegal. Yeah. What I mean is, from a narrative standpoint. Oh, if you just say two people are siblings, but yeah. they're different actors, no, that's not illegal. I don't think that's illegal. I don't know why they do step so much. I think because actual creeps people out, which it should all creep you out. Yeah. Whatever. But I think step is that one step further. There's actually been a really interesting study that says that because divorce rates were so high approximately Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, most of us have then grown up in different fam, like not nuclear families, but Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people have step siblings more than in generations past, and that's why that porn is so popular. But like, uh, I think. Step makes people be like, it's okay. They're not actually blood related, even though they're actors and it doesn't matter. But. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it also ties into like a taboo. Like if you grew up like that yeah. and then you like one day you're like a teenager and you're horny, you're like, oh my God, my sister's kind of hot and she's always around pheromones, pheromones. And then you get horny and you don't, you feel guilty about it, but you still want to like jerk off. So it's like. Why not make a porn? Let me set a scene for you and tell me if this doesn't get you rock hard. (laughs) Not how it works, but okay. So, you're young, you know, tight bod, just looking fit, just looking fucking good, right? That that was never the case for me, but okay. And so you sail home to Boston in 1669. (laughs) (laughs) And straight away, I gotta say, your mom, fucking dead, bro. No more spaghetti? (laughs) Decrease Mather. <laughs> also, I don't know if this hurts or, or or helps this whole situation, but fun fact, his second love when Maria passed away was his niece-in-law when his nephew died. No. Weird. Yeah. But getting back to the story, Increase and his stepsister Maria uh, gave birth to a son, Cotton Mather, two years after their wedding in 1663. If you can't tell, it is a, a combination of their last names. Maria Cotton, Increase Mather, Cotton oh, Mather. Okay. Yeah. They just, I don't know. I think there's a rule in the Mather household where the son has to have an obviously stupider name than you do. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't explain it. Uh, Cotton Mather was born... Two years after their wedding, uh, which was 1663. Wow, what took so long? (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't get over how weird it was. Were they like, they kept calling each other sis and bro? (laughs) 
That's never stopped people before if porn <laughs> is to be believed. For someone named Increase, your family doesn't increase very quickly. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Fucking Word roasted. Play. Yeah, I want to be clear. The Mathers, as you will learn, are fair game for making fun of because they are a horrible people. And young Cotton grew up listening to his father's stories of witch trials and even reading some of his father's books that promoted the definite existence of witchcraft. Because Increase Mather was a firm believer that witches and magic were real, and by not believing in them, you were also saying that you didn't believe in demons or the devil, which in turn meant that you doubted the teachings of the church and therefore didn't believe in God, which made you... A heretic. I feel like that's a long way to go of like, you don't believe in one thing, then you don't believe in this thing, in this thing, in this thing, in this thing, in this thing. It's like when when people disagree with war and they say you don't support the troops. I'm like, no, those are two different things. Hold on. You're telling me you don't like Duncan? That means you don't like mornings. You don't like mornings? You don't believe in the sun? You don't believe in the sun? You don't believe in God! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You get it. Exactly. It is... It is really what i was trying to emphasize a little bit last episode where like if you can if you can do enough mental gymnastics and find a way to bend it to heresy everyone will be on your side so like you can't argue with the man because there is the inquisition happening and he's just like i'm just trying to promote heresy bro i'm just trying to say that it's out there bro why are you coming at me with this bullshit real quick He's not Catholic either, is he? He's a Protestant because he's a reverend, right? Yeah, totally correct. So, I mean, like, that's another thing is, like, there is no centralized church for him in the way that there are for Catholics for an Inquisition to be there. So the fact that he gives a shit about any of this or believes in any of it means that he also believes in some of the BS that the Catholic Church is slinging around. Cotton decided to follow in his father's footsteps of following in his father's footsteps by also joining the ministry. And in 1688, at the age of 25, Cotton Mather experienced firsthand the evils that his father had warned him about during his childhood. According to Cotton, he was working for the church in Boston when he was called in to examine the strange behavior of the Goodwin children. They were suffering from neck and back and pussy and crap. <laughs> no, that's their children. I know it's it's not stepchildren. <laughs> Hey man, whatever separates uh, Panty G. Oh, God. <laughs> um, as long as they're of age and consenting. And it's a porn video, not your real life. Don't please, take don't. your stepkids, Woody yeah. Allen. Don't, Do, please, don't. let's just <laughs> dial that back, okay? God damn. They were suffering from neck and back pain, bursts of wild outcries, losing control of their bodies, and seeing some pretty fucking wild hallucinations. In his investigation, Cotton found out that the symptoms of what he called, quote, the disease of astonishment, which sounds like a pretty cool way to describe an <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> uh, but what he called the disease of astonishment started after Martha Goodwin accused one of her housekeepers, Goody Glover, of allowing her children to steal some of the Goodwin's family laundry. Goody Glover, who was described by neighbors as disagreeable, disagreed and the two really got into a heated argument and some very harsh words were thrown from both sides and mere days after this squabble 
four out of six of the Goodwin children fell ill. The local doctor and Cotton Mather decided that since there seemed to be no cure or even any actual diagnosis, the children had to have been bewitched. Which... (laughs) Fucking like, could you imagine any other profession in any other time? We were like, well, can't figure this out. It's it's cursed. <laughs> Maybe IT currently, because I don't think enough people know Have about Have you tried computers. turning it on and turning it off again? Uh, no. Witch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, malware is technically an internet curse. Uh... Cotton formally accused Goody Glover of being a witch who cast a spell on the Goodwin children. And during her trial, it became apparent that Goody could not speak English. What? She spoke in an odd and apparently aggressive language that the prosecution labeled as the devil's language. Wait, so how was she disagreeing with people earlier? I think she was just yelling at them and she knew broken English. Because here's what the was thing. Her she was tongue? She was speaking her native language of Irish, which I didn't know was a language until right now. So, she, wait, she was speaking like Celtic. Ga- yeah, or ga- no, Gaelic? It's Irish, which is a form of Celtic. Okay. It is the language that is literally just known as Irish. The way that many Native American languages have died off. Due to white people essentially forcing those children to only speak English is in many ways what happened to the Irish language. There, mm-hmm. there is still there are still people that speak it. Um, but when uh, England invaded Ireland, they forced everyone to speak English. So they kind of destroyed a huge part of that culture. Irish originated in Ireland and was spoken by Irish people <laughs> throughout Ireland. Thanks okay. a lot. But Gaelic, basically. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It. It's essentially yeah okay um but it, it it wasn't something that i necessarily knew existed before this very moment oh, yeah. um and so they thought that she was speaking the devil's language <laughs> she was just speaking irish and it took somebody who spoke both to finally be like nah she just doesn't understand your dumbass language with contradicting ways of using grammar and misspelling everything by the time that somebody had gotten an interpreter for the trial it was pretty much over for goody the inability to recite the lord's prayer in english was seen at the time as a dead giveaway that somebody was a witch despite the fact that she could recite it in both irish and latin wow so she's just like this is the classic like Oh, she speaks broken English, so she must be stupid. Motherfucker, she speaks two languages. Just not your dumbass language. Well, how, I mean, does it talk about how she got there then? Was she? She's or an indentured servant. Okay, that's what sure. I was going to ask. That I mean, that is also contrib- a contributing factor yeah. to why she's not trusted and why people oh, think for sure. she's evil. is because she's a lower income servant class doesn't speak English. Follow the money. Hallie Burton. Build the wall. No, I mean, no, 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 no. That I mean, but around that's the, the same. English. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> but that I mean, it's that same idea that we still have yeah. these prejudices. This is. Uh, I'm really glad you're bringing it up. We will touch on this in a second, especially okay, with Goody Glover. No, no, no. It's great that you brought this up because this is. Uh, very much the theme of today's episode, which is the persecution of quote unquote others. Oh, that is pretty much w- what we're going to be focusing on a lot of today. Um, and that lack of being able to speak English really fucked over Goody Glover in the long run. 
Uh, they had conducted a search of her home and they found small images and doll-like figures that when they asked her what they were, Goody apparently admitted that they were uh, deities that she prayed to. Reverend Cotton informed the court that these images and dolls were representations of demons from Goody's quote-unquote pagan religion. If there hadn't been such a language barrier, he might have realized that these images and dolls were meant to represent different Catholic saints. So, first of all, you're right that they're Protestants, uh, and they super do not love the Catholics. Um, but secondly, I think they would have been slightly more tolerant if they didn't think that she was praying to, quote-unquote, pagan deities. Because there's yeah. that language barrier. They just don't know what she's trying to convey to them. One of the biggest, I would say, schisms between Catholics and Protestants, too, is the the deification or sainthood of regular people. Yeah. Because... A lot of Protestants don't believe in any of that, and they think it's almost idolatry. Yeah. Um, but Catholics, a lot of people that adopted Catholicism came from mostly pagan countries. So having these extra saints, quote unquote, while you still believe in the sing singularity of the Trinity, like there's one God, yeah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, allows people to kind of transition from their pagan beliefs into Catholic and Christian beliefs. So exactly. it was kind of like an in-between religion in a lot of places. Yeah, it's, it's religious syncretization, kind of like what happens in the diaspora. Yeah, yeah. and in uh, uh, voodoo when exactly. we covered that. Like exactly. that was the same exact thing. And um, to the Protestants, that form of worshiping saints is idolatry. It's like, oh, you're worship. That's not God. You're supposed to worship the big boy. Yeah, hardcore. That's a little small boy. That's that is the version I was brought up in, where saints were idolatry. Yeah, yeah. do not um, acknowledge them at all. Which, if I was going to acknowledge any of it, I feel like it would be that one because that sounds weird to me. To I don't I don't worship people. That's very strange. Well, I guess Jesus was a person. Hmm. I mean, I was he? Ooh, dun, dun, follow dun. the money, God of birth. <laughs> Sorry. How could he create the dome if he was just a mere human being? That's what I'm fucking saying, bro. Thank Jesus for the dome. Follow the dome, Yeezy Burton. <laughs> <laughs> well, the final damning blow was when Cotton Mather visited Goody in jail and claimed that she confessed to practicing witchcraft. Uh, despite there being an intense language barrier that had previously stopped them from communicating at all in any capacity. Um, and that was just seen as admissible in court. So she was found guilty and hung in Boston on November 16th, 1688. And her last words to the crowd of onlookers who were just fucking mocking her in a language she didn't understand was that her death would not heal the children because she was not guilty accurate yeah 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 um it didn't also it is worth mentioning that uh that could also have been misconstrued by them by being like because like imagine like i'm telling you guys my death will not heal your children which is like my death won't heal your children <laughs> yeah yeah so it you know it could have even deepened the fear of witchcraft at the time especially with that language barrier so Cotton Mather wrote about his experiences in his 1689 book titled Memorable Providences Relating to Witchcraft and Possessions, uh, where the symptoms of what he called, again, the disease of astonishment would serve to fuel the fire of fear throughout Massachusetts. 
the same year, his father, Increase Mather, would tag back in to further set up the witch panic for the New World by finally accomplishing his goal of ousting Sir Edmund Andros, the much-hated governor of uh, Massachusetts, and appointing his own chosen men to lead the colony. And those new leaders' first act was to appoint new authorities who shared Increase's view on witchcraft. Great. Yeah, yeah. Go- Governor Andrews was like a, hated, a dictator, really hated. He, for, for context, and I don't have the stuff directly in front of me, but he did shit like you couldn't hold town meetings. Um, you had to. It, he, he was basically a dictator. He yeah, just, he didn't want any to anyone to usurp his power in any way. Exactly, and so uh, increase Mather where. Again, credit where credit is due. He basically petitioned to get him removed within the colony. Uh, The authorities found out. He sent something to the king. King was like, if you fucking come to me, I guess we can talk. And so he was like, all right, let's fucking do this then. He escaped America. Well, like the whole time, barely outsmarting spies who were trying to capture him. And he fucking sailed back to England and set up council with the king. It was like, Hey, man, you set up this new charter where you're going to take away all our rights. We really want to keep our old charter. And the king was like, no, nah, I don't really want to fuck with that. And he, So he came up with this idea to write a new charter re- that would replace the new, the cu- currently new charter that would give him all their rights back and set him up with the ability to choose who ran the country he was going back to or colony he was going back to. Really quick, do you know about how many european settlers are in the americas at this point i do not i do know that this is at uh 1690 um multiple voyages at this point so a few hundred at least yeah okay because i'm just i mean I'm, i'm also kind of wondering how small are these communities like how well do people know each other and if that's adding to the sphere of outsiders, like there's only a hundred people here and five people don't speak English. Yes. That's a hundred percent what it is. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a town with over a hundred people. Yeah. But there are several different communities that are set up. Like I said, the the death happened in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. uh, And he lived in uh, Massachusetts, like kind of near ish to Boston. Also makes sense why people are marrying their stepsisters too. (laughs) Yeah. Ain't nobody else there. I mean, there are no other colonists there that they recognize as people. Exactly. For the time. For the time. Uh, in February of 1692, the village of Salem got its first whiff of witchcraft. Betty Paris, age nine, and Abigail Williams, age 11, who were the daughter and niece of the local reverend Samuel Paris, began showing the same symptoms described in Cotton Mather's book. It seems they also had the disease of astonishment. The girls would scream, throw shit all over the house, utter strange sounds, crawl under furniture, and contort their bodies in strange new ways, which to me sounds like white people could have almost invented dancing at this point. Like, <laughs> like they were, like they were we just, were just like, like one beat off, as always. Call the pastor. She won't stop doing the Macarena. <laughs> She's been doing the Dougie for three days. It's always the worm for her. <laughs> The local doctor couldn't figure out how to diagnose the girls, and when more of the town's young women started showing similar symptoms, he decided that the cause had to be supernatural in nature. The first suspect in the case of the Salem Girls Gone Wild uh, was... Oh my god! (laughs) Woo! Spring break! I am astonished. (laughs) (laughs) The first suspect was a woman named Tituba. 
Tituba was a South American slave who was known to entertain the local children with tales of voodoo and witchcraft from her own childhood. And the fact that she was an other in a white Puritan community and that she admitted to knowing sorcery and sorcerers in the past made her a very obvious target. She was arrested and interrogated on March 1692 and initially denied the charges against her. But... Because her captors were using manuals like Malleus Maleficarum and the Discovery of Witches, which we covered last week, and those books super promote the use of very violent torture as the only way to get a witch to confess, uh, after being, like, horrifically beaten by the local reverend, Tituba admitted to learning occult techniques in Barbados but that she was only taught how to ward off evil magic and how to reveal the identity of an actual witch. And she told the reverend that she had indeed practiced magic in Salem, but that she had only done it to try and save the bewitched girls. Which is a classic schoolyard move. If you're ever backed into a corner, you just go, Nuh-uh, double agent! I was on your side the whole time! (laughs) Yeah, but also, this is... Horrible, and she is being beaten and tortured. Save her life, yeah. Yeah, we're. I'm about to say some stuff uh, about her, about other people, and about what they say. And you got to remember that they're being fucking tortured. And in like one case, somebody that gets interrogated is uh, crushed by, I forget what it's called. I think it's just crushed by squashing or death by by. by they put uh something on top of you and just continuously keep putting rocks on it oh. until yeah. you admit to something and there's one guy who's just like I'm innocent and he didn't say anything and he died. Ugh. So they are being tortured in a brutal awful ways. Well cuz eventually your rib cage can't expand. Yeah. Breath in. So you get you you're suffocated but by pressure. Also, and I haven't seen this written down and so Okay, speculation zone we're going to enter, which we haven't, surprisingly, all uh, series. I don't think that a lot of the methods described in Malleus Maleficarum he actually used, seeing as how he was never able to successfully convict any witches. So I think this dude is just thinking shit up and trying to say that it would be the way he would do it. And in practice, it's horribly violent and would kill somebody almost instantly. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of like the pickup artist. Like that dude can't actually talk to women in a meaningful way, but he still wrote a book. He's telling me that guy doesn't fuck? No. God damn, I got to go to Barnes and Noble. I got to return some books. No. He it's keep- the same book. I bought it five <laughs> times. I thought it would get me five times the girls. He just keeps stacks of porn DVDs in his top hat. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tatuba claimed that she had used her knowledge of magic to bake a witch cake so that she could conduct her own investigation. Which kind of cake? A witch cake. It's yeah, but which cake? Yeah, which cake is it? Well, it was baked by who? Who's on third? (laughs) Uh, A witch cake is a food. (laughs) Is this kind of like Aleister Crowley's recipes, where you're like, there's a lot of menstrual blood in this? Very close. It is made up of rye meal and the urine of a child suspected of being bewitched. And then you make... Oh, chamber pots, duh. Of course. Yeah, because you're just pissing in metal tubes and yeah. shit. And shitting in metal tubes and piss. Uh, So you make the witch cake, 
and then you feed it to just a dog, just any <laughs> random <laughs> any, dog. I mean, in her defense, dogs will eat anything. And if the dog gets sick in the same way as the child, then the child has been cursed by a practitioner of evil magic. Which what? But also your feet. Which what? <laughs> your, Which cake? You're feeding your dog piss. Yeah. So I feel like Baked it's. piss. In- I don't know. In fairness, I don't know if they bake it. <laughs> okay. Is it technically a cake if they're not baking it? What about the soggy bottoms? <laughs> Paul Hollywood, weigh in. Also, do you reuse the pan or do you just start from scratch? I feel like you burn that pan. (laughs) You burn it with the witch. Uh, I will say, also in fairness, Chewy has regularly eaten cat poop, so like dogs will eat anything. Yeah, dogs will eat anything. Chewy is our small chihuahua terrier mix. He's a tiny dog. Uh, Tatuba, all huge dick. (laughs) Very massive. I think he's a witch. Um, Tituba also. It's his want. <laughs> oh my god! Tituba also filled her accusers in on what she had learned about witches in the New World, including how they often kept around black cats and dogs, yellow birds, and for whatever reason, just normal hogs, just regular hogs. I don't know if they mean pigs or big old dicks, but I guess witches just be hanging with hogs. Uh, she also claimed that on clear nights, you could see witches getting around by riding broomsticks. Is this where we first hear of broomsticks? I don't know. I tried to look up a bunch of stuff, and as you might have guessed, the uh, origins of where the image of witches come from is kind of unclear. What I did find is that uh, when they started printing actual images and being able to mass spread them that helped define what people thought witches were because there was an artist who described or there was an artist who depicted witches in one of two ways which was an old hag or a beautiful young seductress so that's kind of why that happened also can you guess which book he was highly inspired by malleus maleficarum yeah bingo but i'm also wondering because she was a servant Mm -hmm. Is it possible that she's Kaiser Sozaing this? Oh, shit. And just like, uh, yeah, flying on a uh, broomstick. Yeah. Yes, it broomstick. Is, it is very possible. There was a, she, okay, she did cause a lot of confusion because she does, she's confessing these things. Right. But she's being tortured. Yes. yes. And also she comes from a different country. Yes. So yeah. her idea of like a bruja or like what a witch is and what that means or like what an evil witch might be is going to be very different. Exactly. Yeah. Also, it is worth mentioning that like, uh she's mixing her own stuff like you said with what she knows from reading Malleus Maleficarum which is all made up shit and then hearing the local stories of other witches so she's got like made up shit from England made up shit from America made up shit from back home well i guess not technically made up shit from back home cuz they were actually doing stuff yeah but um yeah so she's mixing like all of these things and just telling them what they need to hear right when they ask it yeah no i was just you know i was trying to figure out when the transition from greasy chairs to broomsticks yeah. happened. <laughs> i mean no i, I feel you because if you're gonna you know have sex with something a broomstick a little it, easier better sense. yeah easier to grease up too. right right shape more fun watch for out orgies. for splinters though Oof. Yeah. um but uh tatuba's most helpful tip was that she suspected Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne to be witches. 
Sarah Good was a poor woman who was often seen around town begging. This this was not her fault because she was poor because of the immense amount of debt that she inherited when her first husband died. The citizens of Salem said that it was her jealousy and her envy that drove her to write her name in the devil's book, which Malleus Maleficarum, you wrote your name in the devil's book, you became... You get invited to the orgy, you have to sign up on the email list. (laughs) You get a cool little name tag. We send you like a membership card, but if you get to like the next tier, you get a t-shirt and some candles. They used to give you these sick-ass chairs, but now it's just some lame-ass broomsticks. Yeah. Uh... Authorities also arrested Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter, Dorothy, although the warrant they put out for her arrest listed her as Dorcas. Uh, and she was also interrogated, and her testimony was used to later convict her mother of the crime of witchcraft. Oh, that's brutal. And at four years old, she was the youngest person to be arrested in you know, connection to the Salem witch trials. And she's four, so like she, I mean, she's just she doesn't know anything. Yeah. She'll just agree to whatever. Oh you yeah, say. she's a she, child. She was four. They didn't even let her out of jail until she was five. Jeez. And while the last two women were obvious others, quote unquote, in Salem, one was a non-white slave who was said to have participated in voodoo, and the other was a poor woman who often had to live off of the kindness of others as she was stuck in the colonies without a way out. However, the third woman, Sarah Osborne, was an other in a different way. Sarah Osborne had married a very well-off man named Robert Prince, which fucking most fitting name ever, who happened to be related by marriage to the very notable Putnam family. However, when Robert Prince died, she went against his will, which asked that his land be left to his children. Instead, Sarah Osborne started fucking uh, a former indentured servant from Ireland. And then once he bought his own freedom, they straight up got married and kept the land for themselves. Yikes. I yeah. mean, go, go I'm for her. I'm happy for her. Go Good for job. For when it lasts. Uh But it makes her a pariah. Yeah. Socially, right? Her involvement was likely highly suggested to Tatuba by the Putnam family as a way to get the land back in the hands of who they saw as its quote-unquote rightful owners. During the trials, the young girls who were said to have been bewitched remained present, and whenever one of the accused were brought out, they would break into hysterical fits, which was used actually as evidence against the suspected witches. And one of the girls, Elizabeth Hubbard, then 18, was the only one of the bewitched girls who was old enough to testify. And she was also one hell of a fucking actress. Being a maidservant of the local doctor, she was very, very, very intimately familiar with the symptoms that afflicted the other girls. And while being questioned, she perfectly imitated the fits and contortions seen in the other quote-unquote victims. Throughout the Salem witch trials, Elizabeth Hubbard formally accused 40 people of witchcraft, testified a total of 32 times, and is directly responsible for 15 deaths. And she's an 18-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. She is known as being the main instigator for the Salem witch trials. 
So with sensationalist testimony, politically motivated accusations, and the heavy use of something called spectral evidence, which is when a ghost comes on the back of your uh, back and then you scoop it up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, it was like, I was wondering how on. long that would go on for. <laughs> I mean, uh, after the pea cake, I was just yeah. like, anything is possible. <laughs> Sounds about right. When does the chair come in? Well, Bustin makes me feel good. So, Shipping <laughs> oh, up to Bustin. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So spectral evidence is eyewitness testimony that consists of a witness seeing the accused person's spirit or spectral shape in a dream. And it's fucking no wonder that the trial had some skeptics going on because you can literally just be like, oh, yeah, I'm a witness. I saw him in a dream once. Dreams be fucking weird sometimes, man. Yeah, uh, I'm still mad at Armando for that time. He bought me a bouquet full of snakes and planted it in a cheese farm. I, I Yeah, dream. <laughs> I had a dream the other night that Jake accidentally ruined a piece of cookware that I like very much. And in the dream, even in the dream, I felt bad because I knew it wasn't intentional, but I was still very upset. And it was so visceral that I woke up upset and had to like apologize and be like, I know you did not do anything. And I know <laughs> that even in this dream, this is nonsense. However, I am in a weird headspace this morning. It is it is very it is very hard to wake up in the morning, look at your significant other after a dream which they have no part in like, Yes. Yeah. And then it's there's been times where like both of us have gone to sleep not mad in the slightest at each other. Yeah. And then I wake up and I'm just like I had a dream where we were zombies and you fucking tried to eat me. The fuck is up with oh, that? Yeah, you were mad at me for like half a day over that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just trying to make you breakfast. Like we have things to do. I don't know where this attitude is coming I'm from. I'm saying I'm- weird things. Like if you turned, I could stab you, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was a very intense morning. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So there were, a lot of skeptics to the bullshit that was going on. But unfortunately, Salem didn't take kindly to skeptics. Both Martha Corey and Rebecca Nurse, both fully respected members of the Church of Salem, expressed skepticism about the credibility of the girl's accusations, especially that of Elizabeth Hubbard, the 18-year-old directly responsible for 15 fucking people dying. She's just doing it for attention, and I don't know why you guys keep letting her do it, but like, you just need to unfollow her feed. The fuck was that, Martha? She's a witch! <laughs> Uh, following that, they were both formally accused themselves. No way, really? Yeah. Shocker. But for the first time, this freaked everybody the fuck out. Because if two upstanding members of the church could be a witch, then it meant anyone could be a witch. <gasps> and that's how you see how fucking flawed the logic is, where they're like, wait, two upstanding members of the church that have never done anything wrong to me at all and have no evidence to back up the fact that they're a witch other than they kind of slandered their the person who called them a witch they can be witches that's and that one crazy. time i saw them getting bent over in the woods by the devil <laughs> i don't want to say anything but the other day i had a dream about martha that fucking bitch <laughs> the other I day woke i up, had a dream she was humping a goat <laughs> i woke up and i was like i'm in this weird headspace martha and i gotta tell you i think you're a witch and if you turn i will stab you <laughs> i mean yeah anyone can be a witch put babies in cages wait <laughs> <laughs> so up until this point, which is the spring of 1692, all of the accused witches had simply been jailed. Nobody is 
technically dead from a witch trial yet, although two of the accused, including Sarah Osborne, died in jail. But things were just about to get set off in May of that year as Big Papa Increase Mather and his newly appointed governors finally made their way back to Boston to get the formal trials going. And the first to be formally tried in the Salem Witch Trials was a woman named Bridget Bishop. During her trials, the girls kept up that same bullshit antics that they had used in the preliminary trials, and whenever Bridget looked at them, they would burst into fits, and sometimes they would even faint. Uh, And like the other women, Bridget was probably accused because she wasn't really liked a whole lot. Most of the evidence used against her was just exaggerated uh, stories of arguments that people had had with her. Like, there was this one time where, straight up, she hit a kid with a spade. There's no way around it. She hit a dude with a spade. But now that story was that she had hit him with a spade and then put a curse on his soul. There was also one time that she had a family dispute with her and her neighbor, and then her neighbor's kids got sick like a week later, and she was like, not only did she yell at me, but she yelled in a language I didn't understand. But some of the evidence about her was just fucking weird like how authorities said that initially when they arrested her they had stripped her down to examine her uh and they had found a third nipple a nubbin (laughs) a nubbin i saw a burlesque dancer with a third nipple one time interesting her name is fifi triple thank okay thank god that she included it in the name because for a second i was like how are you gonna have a third nipple and then not reference the does third it, no she does she puts an extra pasty on it. i was Hell gonna yeah. say does it get its own tassel it or does what? but okay. it just kind of looks like a mole like a large mole it doesn't really <laughs> look like an extra nipple well the court decided that they had to re-examine it to make sure that it was real so they stripped her down took all three of her tassels off and uh <laughs> Underneath, they didn't find anything, but for whatever reason, because the jury had heard it, they were like, well, I I mean, I heard it, so I can't get it out of my mind. I mean, I just think, Bridget, I think third nipple, Bridget, third nipple, Bridget, third nipple, Bridget, third nipple. If you're listening to this and your name is Bridget, I'm so sorry. Fifi danced to that song from Sesame Street where the the count counts, Uh and then she would count the nipples out. (laughs) One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, I love counting, whatever the amount. Bridget Bishop was the first to be sentenced and executed in the Salem Witch Trials, but she definitely wouldn't be the last. From June until September in 1692, 20 people were convicted and executed for witchcraft. Only five of them were men, and none of them were actually guilty. I said the men thing just so that you guys could see the drastic switch from like two-thirds to like what one percent is that what that is yeah a quarter maybe yeah yeah but that's a small sample size this is like most other things around this time are very strongly only women in october 1692 the governor of massachusetts who had been appointed by increase mather decided to end the acceptance of new accusations of witchcraft although this was probably due Not to a change of heart, but mostly to the fact that most of the new claims were made against several high-profile people, including the governor's own wife. Mm. So the remaining accused were sent to be tried in a new court, no longer accepting spectral evidence as admissible in court, 
and most of the accused were either cleared or pardoned, although those that were found guilty were not sentenced to die, and most people who were found guilty in that second uh, court were mostly freed by May 1693. Wow. Cotton Mather was tasked with writing a summary of the witch trials and published his account along with some of his sermons and tales of conditions in the colony in his book Wonders of the Invisible World. He intentionally left out all that criticism of the trials, admitted no wrongdoings, and even defended witch hunting, going so far as to call for its return. Jeez. Robert Califf, a Boston merchant, fired back against Cotton Mathers, whom he viciously hated, by writing his own book titled More Wonders of the Invisible World. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd like to bet one dollar, please, Bob Barker. Thank you. That's awesome. In his book, he wrote details... He wrote in detail about the torture that the accused were forced to go through, as well as all of the public apologies made by the accusers, the juries, and even one of the actual judges in the Salem witch trials. Because while the uh, people making, like, stoking the fire felt no remorse, everyone involved felt horrible about the experience. Increase Mather, furiated that anyone would dare to insult his son, Cotton, was said to have burned Robert's book in Harvard Yard, where he was acting president of Harvard. But his overly zealous tendency to favor religion and spectral evidence over actual education got him booted as president of Harvard, and he was promptly replaced. Nice. After the trials, the survivors and families of those executed worked very hard to clear their names, and 300 years later, in November of 2001, on the 300th anniversary, Massachusetts passed an act exonerating all who had been convicted and named each person innocent of any crimes. There have been many plays, books, and other artistic accounts of the Salem Witch Trials, as well as several studies that have tried to theorize the true cause of the witch panic. And one of the clearest factors is the gradual shift in attitude concerning witches, which is kind of what this series been all about. It's it's how people took magic and those who practice magic and slowly turned it into an evil misogynistic view of women. But Linda Caporell, a behavioral psychologist at New York's Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, had one of the most interesting ones that I have ever heard. She put forth the idea that the true case of witch panic in Salem came from a very bad case of food poisoning. <laughs> this I have heard this theory and I find it fascinating and tragic, but yes. Yes. Yeah. So she noticed that the symptoms of what Cotton called the disease of astonishment were strikingly similar to the effects of high doses of LSD. And oh no. LSD is derived from ergot, which is a fungus that affects rye, grain, uh, which was basically a staple of the Salem diet. In fact, it was in that witch cake. Exactly, along with pee-pee. A whole lot of piss. Yikes. Toxicologists now know that eating ergot-contaminated food can lead to convulsions, hallucinations, crawling sensations on the skin, and a ton of other symptoms that were all found in the records of the witch trials in Salem. When when Linda cross-referenced her findings with the diaries of Salem residents, she found that the symptoms started at the exact time the locals started harvesting and eating their rye, and additionally, almost all of the accused came from a region of swampy meadows that would have been the perfect breeding ground for where ergot fungus would have grown. And when the dry summer came and took out all the fungus, that's exactly when the immediate end to all of the symptoms stopped. 
which I mean, at least the symptoms that weren't being fake, that's when they all stopped. That's the other thing to look at, too, is that a lot of the people who have the sickness are children. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of it is as an adult, your body can probably fight some of those symptoms better than a small child could in the same amount. Yeah. So were there witches in Salem? Absolutely not. Was the whole town of Salem eating the funky rye and having one big acid trip? Very possibly. Maybe. Either way, the Salem Witch Trials remains another on a long list of horrendous mistakes made by America. And now that we've covered it, we can finally end our series on the origins of witchcraft and witches. LSD ruins the party again. (laughs) Aww. Uh, Before we go, though, I do have one more thing. Magic, witches, and sorcery have been an ever-present part of our culture since the end of mainstream persecution of witches. And whether it's embracing the terror by wearing witch costumes on Halloween or taking back the term by practicing modern witchcraft, people have been able to find joy in what was once a crime punishable by death. And one of the most well-known current examples of witches in media has to be the wildly popular Harry Potter series, Written by J.K. Rowling. Yes. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. But I'd like to end our series on witchcraft by reading a chapter from what I consider to be an even greater literary piece about witches. The 2006 online Harry Potter fan fiction. (gasps) Yes! 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 My Immortal. Yes! By the mysterious and might I argue most genius writer of our time, XXX Bloody Wrists 666XXX. They're listening to way too much Evanescence, bro. Oh, well, dude, you should hear her fake name in, yes. in the story. Are you? Have you heard my name? No. Word? Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's one and of my favorite things on earth. If the Patreon donors would be interested, we would be willing to do the first couple chapters as a speculation oh, zone absolutely. episode. Uh, so just let us know. But let's, let's wet the whistle a little bit. <clears throat> Chapter 1. Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way, and I have long ebony black hair. That's how I got my name. With purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid-back and icy blue eyes like limpid tears. I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. (laughs) But if you were related, you couldn't fuck it. That's... Unless you're step related. Unless you're step related. I'm just saying, you get back to Boston. You're a goth and you're. (laughs) Anyway, I'm a vampire and my teeth are straight and white. (laughs) I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch and I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England where I'm in the seventh year. I'm 17. I'm a goth, in case you couldn't tell, and I wear mostly black. I love Hot Topic and I buy all my clothes from there. For example, today I was wearing a black corset with the matching lace around it and a black leather miniskirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. Time out. Every single chapter, she spends more time describing her outfits than the story. It sounds like an 11-year-old writing about what a high schooler does. Not far off. I was wearing black lipstick, white foundation, black eyeliner, and red eyeshadow. I was walking outside Hogwarts. It was snowing and raining, so there was no sun, which I was very happy about. A lot of preps stared at me. I put my middle finger at them. The the Hogwarts preps? Who are these people? <laughs> fucking Neville Longbottom. Ooh, fucking ooh. polo shirts. Pieces of shit. Hey, Ebony, shouted a voice. I looked up. It was... Dot, 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 dot. 
Draco Malfoy. Ooh. What's up, Draco? I asked. Paige's chair just started to levitate. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> What's up, Draco? I asked. Nothing, he said shyly. But then I heard my friends call me and I had to go away. End of chapter one. <laughs> Author's note. Is it good? Please tell me, Fangs. <laughs> Special fangs, get it? Cause I'm gothic. To my GF, ew, not in that way, Raven. Bloody tears with a Z666 for helping me with the story and spelling. You rock. Justin, you're the love of my depressing life. You rock too. My chemical romance rocks. <laughs> what? There's no story. It's there, just. There are like. 26 chapters. Why? Oh, no, 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 no. Are there more than that? There's like 40 of these some bitches, okay, dude. There's like the first section is like 1 through 27 or something. No, it's no, no, no. You're right. I remember that. The first is like 1 through 27. And then she, like, she and her friend get in a fight. So her friend doesn't help her anymore. And there's a gap. And then she comes back and writes like another 20 on yeah. her own, which are so much worse. Also, How they involve they, get worse? they involve time travel to go back in time to help uh, kill Voldemort. Also, somebody flies in a flying Lamborghini. There's the flying Lamborghini, but there's also the one where um, Dumbledore is, has like a My Chemical, is a fan of My Chemical Romance and saves the day at a My Chemical Romance concert Yes, where she and Draco have sex against a tree, if I remember correctly. Also, Harry Beach Potter's what? a vampire in yeah, this one. Yeah, Harry Potter's a vampire, um, but also they don't really like him. It's mostly about her and Draco getting it on. Hell yeah. It's, it's fucking nuts and highly recommend so if you would so like upsetting. us if you would like us to do a dramatic reading of this for speculation zone episode please let us know um especially because it would be really easy for us to do while on vacation it'd be really funny and we could definitely assign roles yes which would be very funny uh yeah so uh that that finally brings us to the end um, I like that you can kind of see which parts I was the most high for while I was <laughs> researching. I, I like, and it's not in this section of My Immortal, but because she's a vampire, she's always afraid of steaks, but she spells it like a food. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> he staked me in the heart. No, really? <laughs> How's your cholesterol? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What even is happening? So this episode... Uh, and possibly the weed I smoke to get to it <laughs> is brought to you by our Patreon donors. We've got a Patreon now. You can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. And for just $5 a month, you get access to sweet bonus content like the speculation zone and a shout out on the show. Or if you're Christmas shopping, pop on over to our like web store. Yeah. You can buy a bunch of cool shit on cultpodcastshow.com slash store or just the regular website go to either so this episode is brought to you by patreon donors including liz and liz n listen listen liz n it's liz like liz n. o but the next version <laughs> <laughs> i uh yeah instead of a flu she plays an oboe <laughs> She's the prequel to Lizzo. <laughs> Lizzo sounds like a, I don't know. That sounds like a pretty cool rap name, I think. Listen to me. What's up? Do you want to listen to my mixtape? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds on cloud. I have five views. <laughs>
Uh, also, this episode is brought to you by Crystal Lee, which is like an off-brand Crystal Light, I'm assuming. <laughs> no. Are we roasting I, this I people? think it's better than Crystal Light. Yeah. It could also just be like her name, <laughs> like Crystal Lee. Yeah. Like Lee is also a name. Crystal Super Lee. possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might be her name, but uh, I don't think we should make fun of her or listeners like her. <laughs> listeners. See what I did? Liz N. I have to leave this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and this week is also sponsored by His Holiness Matthew Dean, first of his name. May he reign forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> Oh, shit. That's intense. I think we just declared somebody king of somewhere. I don't know. I like Matthew. He's cool. Yeah, oh, but like yeah. king of where? Like king of the bathroom, king of his house. Like, I just need specificity. Are you a wait, sovereign wait, wait, citizen? Wait, 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 I mean, it, it'd wait. be nice if somebody could like mark the places that they own so that we could tell them apart with like, I don't know, spray paint. Or, or like a dog's piss. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Like a backwards witch cake? Yeah. I keep finding these weird cakes everywhere. I dog, think someone is owning the bathroom with piss. Dog don't eat piss. You eat dog piss now. <laughs> um, okay, first of all, back it up a little bit. Really quick. So Andrea's two options were king of the bathroom or king of the home, which implies that the king of the bathroom is still subservient to the king of the home. It's like a fiefdom. I don't understand. <laughs> Where would your throne be in the king of your home other than the bathroom? Oh, that's a good point. The bed for sure, because that's where all the fucking happens. And kings, fuck you. Over, baby. Am I right? It could just be the lazy boy in the living room or the ah, couch. Whoever no, has the remotes is the king. That's how I fly. Accurate, accurate. That's how you fly. That's primo Midwest dad right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you to all our listeners out there. Uh, we love you dearly. You guys are awesome. If you want to join our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Uh, check out all the tiers we've got. We've got a bunch of cool ones. And yeah, sounds great. Hey, if you want to send me, if you want to send me a list of superpowers that Eminem gets after he shouts increase Mathers, uh, <laughs> you can, because he goes by Marshall Mathers. My God. The Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah. LP cake. <laughs> Yeah, because the pea cakes. The oh, I followed you. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, then you can you can send a list of those Eminem superpowers to uh, me at Mondo Does Stuff. M A N D O Does Stuff on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you want to send me your Harry Potter fan fiction, <laughs> which I would love to hear, but also. I want to know what house are you? I legit, I went to the Pottermore website. I took the quiz because my coworker told me I had to. I am a Gryffindor. Thank you so much. I want to hear what house you're in. What house are you? I'm half Gryffindor, half, Slyther half Slytherin. Uh, I'm gothic, so. <laughs> <laughs> you're a gothic vampire? I'm a My Chemical Romance fan, which means I'm definitely Slytherin. Yeah. I'm not related to Gerard Way, but what an opportunity. <laughs> Fucking hottie. But also, like, you don't want to be related to hot people, if anything, because that, like, stops you from being able to fuck them. You want to be not related to hot people right. as much as possible. Right, 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 right. I can right, right. show you 35,000 daily videos that would say otherwise. <laughs> 
I'm just like praying to God every day that Chris Evans and I aren't related somehow. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, if you want to send me any of those Harry Potter fanfics, I'd love to hear them. Send them to me on all the things at Sundress Comic. Also, check out my art on Instagram at Andre Gazetta or on my website, andregazetta.com. I got a shop there now. There's stickers, there's prints, there's panthers with rainbows in their eyes. Also, one cool thing, if you want to hear about the time that I accidentally created a chemical weapon while trying to do an art project involving bones I collected, you should check out last week's or two weeks ago's episode of Kyle Clark's This Is Rad. It's a fun podcast where you talk about something you love. I talk about bone collecting. Uh, you should go check it out. It's really fun. That sounds awesome. I had no idea Morgan Freeman was on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you create a My Chemical Weapon? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I I also would like fan fiction if you would like send it to me. However, I want Great British Bake Off fan fiction Ooh. where each contestant has to use urine to make a cake. Ooh. Oh, no. I want Paul Hollywood talking about the crumb structure of piss cakes. Send that to me. If anyone's accustomed to pissing on things that shouldn't be pissed on, it'd be a guy named after Hollywood. Anyway, all this to say, send me piss cake um, <laughs> fan fiction and you can send that to me at page wesley on instagram or at rampage wesley on twitter um hey if you like our show and you want to you want to send us cult podcast fan fiction um then please don't make us fuck each other well we well, do i know but i don't need to be involved in it Paige is always involved no Paige sits in the corner with a ceremonial robe on be like the chair's almost ready <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, Put on another God. episode of The Tudors. I'll be over here. <laughs> uh, you can send any of that to at Colt Podcast on Instagram. At Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email with more of your favorite fan fictions to ColtPodcastShow at gmail.com. Or you can send it handbound in book form to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. I wrote it in piss. <laughs> oh, this book smells like asparagus. <laughs> is this is this rye paper? <laughs> is this rye bread? <laughs> I'm sorry. I pissed into rye bread pieces, and that's my book for you. <laughs> I was thinking about it when I peed. Um <laughs> Hey, uh, you want to go to, hey, you want to learn about our show? We got cultpodcastshow.com. Go there. Got a bunch of fucking uh, t-shirts and uh, shit. You fucking never fucking want nothing else but cult podcast. Hey, join the clan. No. Oh, no. No, 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 not the clan. No, with, not the clan. You with are fired. Not the clan with the K. Not no, no clans. Join our clan, like clan, like family. No, no, no clans. When you think of white supremacy, you, you think, think of, of Armando, Armando Torres. Ah, you got me. <laughs> Except I just burn pot leaves on people's lawns. <laughs> And if you ever, I don't know, I feel like witchcraft is really just getting in tune with nature, right? I mean, like, that's really, in essence, like, when we talk to Katie French, that's, like, what it really was, like, pagan beliefs. Well, that's and, paganism. That's yeah. not witchcraft. Yeah. I feel I'm like witchcraft saying, involves a lot more peeing and rifling. Oh, for sure. 
<laughs> but if you ever feel like you need to get in uh in 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 tune with nature uh might i suggest open skies trading company <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back i planted that one as a seed months ago hey <laughs> That's going to confuse, like, a lot of people. Speaking of seeds, rye bread. <laughs> uh, Open Skies Trading Company. They're great. Uh, Do they still exist? They uh, don't still exist. I don't, I don't think so. Alex has quit his job to hike across the country for five months. I don't think that's a thing. Hey, anymore. if you want some t-shirts, go find a guy named Alex. <laughs> He'll be on the Open Trails Trading Company. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Um, I'm going to say don't eat the witch cakes. Oh, God. No. Full of pee. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. You guys got some rye I can pee on? <laughs> Piss cake. <laughs>